but uh, I just want to let you know I'm going to go ahead and record it. Um, well, welcome to the uh, welcome to the call with technical difficulties. <laughs> um, so um, uh, I put out a little video earlier today, and and I had some people, and, and many of you, I think, probably saw it. So uh, I'm really appreciative that you guys are here. I so enjoy these um, meetings and, and gatherings. Um, you know, one of the things I that's alive for me. I was I was sitting and and Greg, you you'll probably appreciate this, but um, this morning. You know what? What was alive for me, and what was coming up is um, having been coaching for so long. Uh, there's a there's a famous quote uh, coaching question, <laughs> and the question is, uh, well, tell me what you want. You know, uh, tell me what you want, and then um, and then people typically throw some things against the wall, and then the coach says, well, now tell me what you really want. <laughs> You know, and so, um, and then there's a bunch of variations of what do you want, and what do you need, tell me what you need, and all that. And I've been coaching for so long, and, and what was coming up for me this morning is I'm just not interested in what people want. <laughs> That's what came up for me this morning. I'm a coach, and here I'm not very interested in what people want because it's just so noisy. It's so noisy. People's wants are typically a reaction to their um, lack of well-being is really the key. They're all, everything that they're wanting and needing is, is often being is a reaction to their lack of well-being. And um, at least that's what came to me this morning. I'm, I'm not, don't hold me to it, but it's what um, is, was alive for me this morning. So I thought, thought I'd throw it out there. Um, but the question that's replaced or that feels alive for me is not the question of what do you want, but a question of what are you interested in? Like that's, that really matters to me. Like I, I really am, am interested in what you're interested in. Now it, it, it may seem like semantics, if you will, but it just has a different feeling to me to uh, have a desire to want to know what you're really interested in. Okay. So um, I'd love to start the call and hear from you guys because it, it matters to me what you're interested in. Um, now, the other question that um, that I'm interested in is not so much the what do you want question, but it's um, what are you up against? Okay, so those are the two questions that are kind of on the table when I work with clients and what I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested in what are you up against or what are you interested in? Okay, so um, I'd love to hear from you guys uh, in response to either of those. What are you interested in or what are you up against? So um, that's what uh, that's what I'm interested in. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts.
myself. I'm up against myself and my own self-doubt. Okay. Okay. Say, say a little bit more about that. I mean, we all, me, me and everyone, I feel like what holds me back is just my lack of belief that I could do something. Okay. And not really fully, I mean, I don't hate myself, but I don't like, I'm not like Kyla. I don't love myself, if that makes sense. Mm. I told myself back a lot and I have for too long. So I think, yeah, like me holding myself back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and what, would, what would it look like to not hold yourself back? I think loving and accepting everything about me unconditionally, where I'm at. And I think learning more about it, I feel like I don't know so much about it. And that's why I signed up for that course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much more I don't know that I have to discover. Mm -hmm. um, you don't know, uh, say more about that. What is it you don't know? I just feel like there's more to self-love that I don't know about that I haven't discovered. I mean, Self-love, like the definition is, well, loving yourself, but I feel like there's more to it than that. Mm. Like there's just so much more I don't know that I don't know that I want to learn more about. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. okay. you just tell, you tell somebody to love yourself and it's like, well, how? Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, well, that sounds really neat that you're going to be exploring that uh, with, with Kyla and that you're gonna um, get to look in the direction of probably what love is. And, um, um, you know, just the fact of looking in the direction of love, okay, is a good idea in my mind, okay? That the fact, Ashley, that you're curious about love, that's enough, you know, it's, you know, there's nothing to do. See, this is my, my take on it, okay? Um, who we are is love. People just haven't realized it or they, they're exercising the right to deny that fact. That's all that's going on, you know? But I think tonight, you know, the, um, the, the, conversation that I'm going to invite people in or the topic is um, I think in alignment with what what you're interested in it's what I call well-being what is what is this thing called well-being does it have anything to do with love and um, I don't know if it does or not but we can explore it together and see through that conversation see if you discover something about love and well-being and see it, it to me it looks like we all are conscious beings with choice ashley we can listen to the noise we can choose to listen to the noise or we can choose to listen to the music that's it that's it and most people have just got into a really bad habit of um giving the noise their attention that's it they've just gotten in a bad habit of doing that 
I'll share I'll share something funny with you. At least it's funny to me. It's a recent insight I had, Ashley. And um, I saw the power of being skeptical, being a skeptic. You know, see, skepticism is really, really powerful. It's just most people uh, misuse it. Can you still hear me? Am I uh, my yeah? Building? Okay, okay. Um, so, um, see, most people are are skeptical of the world around them. But the the funny thing is, they're not skeptical of their self doubt. They're taking their self doubt seriously. <laughs> so they're not even using skepticism in a useful manner. You could say a person is misusing skepticism. But skepticism is a powerful. It uh, is very powerful. And many people don't know, but the world's greatest skeptic was a guy called Buddha. People don't realize that. He was one of the greatest skeptics there was. Okay. Now, see, skepticism helps if I, if I really know how to use it. It helps me wade through the weeds of bullshit and non-truths and doubts. That's what it does. It gets me to question that stuff. Okay. And the more I question that which isn't true, the closer I come home to truth, the closer I come home to love and well-being and all the good stuff in life, okay? But, but see, most people are using skepticism on themselves, like, oh, uh, I'm not good enough. They're skeptical of their self. They're skeptical of their strength. They're skeptical of their lovable. They're, it, it's a misuse of skepticism, <laughs> Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. Oh wow! Oh good, good. And I've, and I, the exact um, don't know the word for it, but let's just say that's exactly what I do. I'm skeptical of what I hear in the world around me, but my thoughts, I'm like, hey, that's true, and I don't even bother to question them at times. Yeah, yeah. And then there's yeah. times where I feel like if you get pay it too much attention, you're just gonna drive yourself nuts, though. Hmm. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. So here's, here's for me, this has been really helpful. Um, I'm pretty much skeptical of all personal thought coming through my system. I'm skeptical of every feeling. I'm skeptical of every experience. Okay. Now, the reason I say skeptical is that it keeps me from taking any of that too serious. <laughs> that's what it does. It, it, the, the fact that I'm, I have skepticism about my thoughts and my ideas and my feelings and my experiences and uh, my behaviors and all that, as soon as I become skeptical, they're, they're, they're in question, right? Okay? I don't take them too serious. Like one of my mentors, I, I, I shared this um, with a client, is that one of my mentors said this. They said that Human beings only have control over one thing. I said, I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested. What, what, what is it that, you know, that we all have control over and nothing else? This is really, really fascinating. I, when, when they said this, 
I, I nearly fell off my chair. They said, human beings only have control over one thing, period. Hard stop, nothing else. And I'll share it with you. I really encourage you to look within yourself and try it on. Really, really try it on and see if it's, see if it, it's true. But one of my mentors said that the only thing a human being has control over is how serious they take their thought in the moment. That's it. How serious they do what? How serious they take their thought in the moment. Okay. That's it. Now, I've, as I've sat with that, that's made more and more sense to me. But I, I actually, it bloomed for me. It, it, it actually blossomed for me. And, and what seems to be more true is that what, what we have control over, it's true how serious we take our thoughts. But see, if I have a nice thought and a nice memory, I can take it serious all day long. There's no problem with it. I can ruminate over a nice vacation or a loved one. And I can, I can take that thought as serious as I want. And it has no, it has no backlash to it. Okay. It's only, it's only my insecure thoughts that I've taken too serious. Okay. So, so when a person takes their insecure thoughts too serious, that's what causes all their problems, all their suffering. That's it. That is the root cause of all human problems. Every human problem, I'm going to, I'm going to suggest the root cause is that they've innocently taken their insecure thought too serious. That's it. Period. Now, don't take my word for it. Look within yourself. Try it on. Next time you get into a pickle, the next time you're bothered by something, next time you're upset by something, next time you're depressed, next time you're scared, I guarantee if you're really honest and really sincere and you really look within, what you'll find is that there's an insecure thought there that you've, taken, you've innocently taken serious. Now what happens is this is going on, this is going on underneath the surface all day long. And it doesn't look to people like that's what's causing things. That's what's happening. It looks like uh, it's the circumstances. There's something going on. Uh, people aren't um, meeting up to my expectation. Uh, situa um, circumstances aren't the way I want them or would prefer them to go. Um, so uh, I'm insecure, okay? And I'm taking these insecure feelings really serious. And when, whenever a person takes their insecure thoughts serious and they don't see it, what they naturally do is try to manage or control the world. The world of people, the world of circumstances, the world of situations. They, 
it, it's just natural what people do is when they don't see the don't root cause of their experience, they naturally they try to manage what's going on around them. Okay. Does that make sense, Ashley? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, see, I really appreciate you sharing what you're up against. Okay. Thank you. That it, like, I can't. I don't, I have a little thing here to talk about and discuss, but the reason I'm here is to be of service. I want to know what you're interested in, and I don't want to know what you're up against, and then we can dance, okay? And, and that's all I do is that, you know, here, here's something else is that when we can when show up to life, when we can show up and just be with people and have a sincere interest in what they're interested in or have a sincere interest what they're up against, it just makes for a, a really nice conversation that offers people the possibility of hopefulness. So thank you. Thank you. So Greg, I just I just yeah. want to make sure that I heard what you said was right. Did you say that the most skeptical person was Buddha? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's one of the, the greatest known skeptics. Can you say more a little? Can you say a little bit more about that? Um, I can, but if you if you just kind of. Like, let me ask you this. So, what, how would that help? How would that help? I can't hear you. You can't hear me? We can't hear you, yeah. Uh, now, can you hear me? Yeah. Thank you. Okay, yeah. Um, so, what is, what is your interest? What is your interest in? I want in to understand the concept when you talk about um, skeptic, because mm -hmm. the, the, English language is somewhat difficult for me sometimes. Yeah. To understand. yeah. I wanted to understand if you can get, like when you said to Ashley, mm -hmm. um, I understood a little bit that she's skeptic about her own ability and her own yeah. security. Yeah. What yeah. does skeptical mean? It means to question. Okay. Doesn't it? Doesn't it mean to question? Doesn't it mean to, um, question what i've come to know as true okay i mean that, that that would be one way to look at it now you know you, you asked about buddha he was a great skeptic for the sheer fact that he grew up um in really a royal a royal setting and a royal background mm -hmm. and didn't he question that wasn't he, wasn't he skeptical? Wasn't he looking for a deeper truth? I just wanted to understand the meaning of yeah. skeptical. That's what. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great question. It's a great question. And so as I sit with your question, that's what's coming forward for me. It's like, Oh, and then, and then what he did, cause, cause it, you know, now that, now that I sit with it, he, he questioned, uh, 
he left everything. He, Buddha left everything, and then he went and he gave everything away. He stripped him off all of his robes, gave everything away, and and he basically um, relinquished everything, let go of everything, let go of all of his attachments, all that, and he nearly died. <laughs> you know, he he just gave it all away, and and then he kind of had a, a moment and he questioned all that. He said, well, that, see, he questioned that too. He said, well, that doesn't work. And that's not, and, and so this, this, this questioning, many sages uh, have, have suggested this, that um, what creates freedom for people or an opening is to, uh, contemplate the opposite of where you stand. And when a person contemplates or considers the opposite of where they stand, what's birthed is understanding. Isn't that interesting? When we take a stand and we consider the opposite, what's born is understanding. That's, isn't that fascinating? But you know what? When we take a stand and we don't consider the opposite, we just have a position. And people die over positions or they want to be right about positions and, and all of that. But just imagine, and just imagine if whoever you were meeting, whatever their view of life is, because isn't it true that we're all living with a diversity of thought? Isn't that true? Like, like people don't see the fact that um, we, don't just, we don't just have a diversity issue culturally. That's a manifestation that we have a real problem with we don't see or appreciate diversity of thought. Isn't that fascinating? And imagine if people had more respect for diversity of thought. Wouldn't, I mean, can you see that? Could you see that if human beings had more diversity, had more respect for diversity of thought, and they, and they, they would have their own position, and, and they would say, can, can you help me understand how you're seeing it? Oh my goodness, the world would change overnight. Yeah. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. totally. Now, what happens is, you know, for, for me, for most people, they don't see and or appreciate diversity of thought. What people are trying to do is sell a common thought or a, 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 a group think, or everybody has to see it the same way. But best I can tell that doesn't work or will ever work because that's not the gift of the human experience. And each one of us is given the gift of thought. And in that, in that very gift, we come to the world with this beautiful, offering of a diversity of thought isn't that isn't that beautiful and if we could just get people to stop 
trying to all think the same and appreciate the thought that people are bringing to the table as a kaleidoscope and a way to have understanding between people, love and understanding, oh my gosh, that alone would change the world. But in order to do that, in order to, to do that, we, the very first thing, and I didn't see this for the longest time, I didn't see that all human beings are living in their own separate reality of thought. Right now, the few of us that are here together, everybody is living in their own separate reality. Everybody here right now, all living beings right now, are living in their own diverse reality of thought. But isn't that what makes the individuality of all human beings? It is, that's absolutely, yeah, yeah. But when we understand that, it's really helpful. Because, see, if we start to see diversity of thought is a divine gift, why would we want to screw with it? Why wouldn't we want to just love and understand it? Okay. See, thought is a divine gift. Thought is a divine gift. Okay. That when it hits the hits form it, it, when it's embodied it it shows up in a separate reality okay it sets up as a diversity of thought and everybody is experiencing life through their own unique as you said unique diverse way moment by moment by moment by moment Now, here's why, here's why it's helpful is if I don't understand that one principle, if I don't understand that one universal truth, okay, it looks like diversity is a problem. It looks like diversity is a problem. It looks like it's uh, um, right and wrong, good and bad, okay? Does that make sense at all? No? Yeah? Okay. What else, Elisa? What else? Since you're here, what are you interested in? You know, it's interesting that you're asking that question because I'm taking a, a program with Mind Valley. Are you familiar with Mind Valley? Yeah, of course. And I'm taking a program with them and I'm just blown away by having to really look inside myself to realize how much I don't know about myself and how much I'm, as, as you mentioned, skeptical about myself, mm. which I didn't know. And what I'm against is, um, I don't even know how to say it, but it's really... 
I defeat my own freedom that I want. I defeat my own liberation and possibilities by, as, as you're talking about defeating thoughts, which is really, um, it mind blow, I mean, blow my mind to realize how much I was in my head and what I'm coming to understand that the more I chase after the enlightenment, the harder the enlightenment comes. And there are moments where I feel like I just need to chill out and not to do anything and it might come. You know, it's like the indigo girls, there's more than one answer to this question pointing me in a crooked line. Mm. And so I'm, I'm against, what am I supposed to do? So it's like, I'm, I'm so much in my head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got it, got it. Well, I don't know what course you're um, enrolled in or engaged in, um, but are they offering another way of going about life than through the intellect or through your head? Are they, is that what's on offer? I actually have to say that I've done a lot of spiritual workshops yeah this is probably one of the first one that i am loving it so much because they're so authentic they're so real they're so grounded they're so they don't make themselves up above mm -hmm. they are like equal to us mm -hmm. and the the course that i'm taking is a, a life book i don't know if you heard about that but it's basically you have to look deep within your life to see, to really realize that I never had a really direction to where I wanted to go. I just says, blow things up saying, I want to do this and I want that. Like what you're asking, it's really interesting. What are you interested in mm -hmm. instead of what are you wanting? Because when we want something, I feel is chasing after something that is sometimes untouchable. You can't reach it. Now. Isn't that fascinating? That's what I've discovered, exactly what you're, you're, you're pointing to. And I can't believe how, um, how, how uh, innocently I misused that question coaching for so long. What do you want? Because it throws people into their heads, it feel they there's a sense of pressure there's a sense of angst it's yeah here here's an here's a, a really here's what i'm what i'm seeing it just gets people to make up some bullshit that sounds good <laughs> literally that 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 will uh somehow innocently give them a sense of a false sense of security happiness and well-being yeah. you know and um Gosh, I almost burnt myself out as a coach asking that damn question. It's a horrible question for the most but it's part. Interesting. And for me, for me, at least right now here, you know, like I love the fact that that you're looking at what what am I interested in? Like yeah. and it's it's just kind of sitting with you. Like I get that there's a different feeling for you to sit with 
what am I interested in? Rather than what do you want? People often feel backed up into a corner and they feel compelled like they have to have an answer. And if they don't, there's something wrong with them. Right? Totally. Isn't that true? Totally, totally, yeah. But 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 everybody knows what they're interested in. <laughs> if all I have to do is be honest, say, you know, I just want to lay on the couch all day. That's what I'm interested in. And there's no pressure yeah. in that question. I love that. That's the wisdom in this question. Yeah. There's no pressure. Human beings, and this isn't in, in my mind, um, that, and it took me a while to, to really look within myself and see if this is true. But for me, it looks like human beings don't do well under pressure. They make mistakes, they have anxiety, they have stress, their creativity goes out the window. They may get short-term results, but it's not sustainable and it's, a hot, it's highly prone to burnout, okay? So I have no interest in pressure, okay? I have interest in, in, in understanding what people are up against and if I can help. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't, I don't know. I have an interest in what people are interested in and give them permission to just say that. It's so much lighter. And like you said, it takes all the pressure off. You know, the other thing with, with interest is it, it just, it also gets me to look within myself. What am I interested in, you know? And well, I'm just interested in learning stuff. I love to learn. Yeah. I just love to learn. Now, the other thing about interest is there, there's nothing on it. Like I can be interested in learning and I don't have to monetize it. I don't have, it's just I'm interested in learning, period. Okay. But like the problem a lot of times with people with goals is innocently they're putting all kinds of shit on the goal. There's so much stuff on it. They have so much on it. It's what I call being invested. When people are interested, they can just get involved in their lives. They're, 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 not, they're no investing in it. I also if, think, Greg, when I hear you keep saying, what are you interested? Yeah. And the first things that comes up to me the question opened the stage for possibilities yeah. instead of anxiety, yeah. instead of uh, competition, instead yeah. of even when you, I know for me, if I ask, what do I want? Mm -hmm. And I'm not reaching that, I'm a failure. So there's a self-defeating thought, oh, if I want that and I don't get it. But when you go into the uh, inquiry of what are you interested? That's right. It's, it's a whole new, for me, of course I speak for me, yeah. there's the whole new kind of like a world of possibility. Okay, so what am I interested in? It's like even, even you see the smile comes. Yeah. It's like, what, yeah. do I, it's like hmm, what do I want? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, no, I, I love that. I love that. And you're, you're um, reflecting back my, my own discoveries, yeah. you know? When you ask somebody what they want, it puts them in their head. You ask them what they're interested in, they they start getting into their heart and they start smiling and they, they, they start seeing possibility. Now, 
you know, in my, in my mind, a really good coach leaves a client in possibility after a call and not in frustration. Yes. Okay. So you always want to leave, in my mind, you want to leave a client in possibility, not in problem or anxiety or pressure. And I also think that it, it opens the, the dialogue for more of a conversation mm -hmm. versus like when you ask, what, are, what do you want? You, I mean, again, I'm speaking for me. If somebody would ask me, what do I want? They put all of the pressure on me mm -hmm. and I have to go figure that out and prove to you that I know what I want. Mm. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. I love what you're seeing here. It's really cool. Really cool. Thank you. I think I should put some light because I can't even see myself. <laughs> yeah, everybody seems a little dark right now. Uh, yeah. I, who else uh, would like to jump in and tell me what you're interested in, what you're hearing, maybe any reflections that are coming up, uh, what you're up against? Who would else would like to share before we talk about the topic tonight? But I'm really enjoying this conversation. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Marina here. Um, it's a really interesting um, conversation. Eliza, thank you for, you know, spinning it that way. Um, it really, I was stuck a couple of days ago from that angle of like, what do I really want? And particularly right, right now, with so much uncertainty up in the air, Everything is shifting so quickly a few times a day sometimes that something that I wanted in the morning is not the same thing in the evening already. Yeah. So I know that there is just like one thing that is, un that is certain is that things are uncertain. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was stuck a little bit like business-wise about how to approach it or how to even, you know, introduce or have the same offerings under such... Um, uncertain circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you're kind of um, having an insight and seeing a possibility for yourself, you know? What are you hearing or what's making sense to you out of what you've heard so far? Um, well, it's getting out of the head mm -hmm. and really following that place of what what feels right, what Where's my interest at right now? And navigating from that place. It's the whole shift to me from mind to heart yeah. and the place of being. You guys mentioned well-being and there's a lot of well-doing. <laughs> and a lot of spiritualists are doing it really, really well. You know, yeah. there's a whole panel there, the global unity thing there a couple of weeks ago. Or, and it's like there's a lot of people who know what to do very well and have all mm -hmm. kinds of equations but what I'm interested in is feeling more. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I want to convey also, you know, through my offerings and services is that quality of feeling. Mm -hmm. Well, this is, this is really great. And I think it's, um, you know, I'd love to hear um, from Greg, but I think this is also a really good segue and to start inviting everybody to um, be curious about what is well-being. And why would that matter when one is 
wanting to live from a place of, of their heart and follow their their interests and their inklings and their and their inspirations and what does well-being have to do with all that if anything so that that this is kind of a perfect segue uh does well-being matter when it comes to uh navigating life in a way that's not so uh head headstrong yeah did that make Can sense? I, I, I was thinking when you said that, that well-being is, is a choice. I mean, unless, of course, you're ill in some way, mental well-being, not, that's now coming out, not at all how I meant it to, but hmm. if you're mentally healthy and there's nothing, you know, underlying, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm sitting in my, my apartment and... I'm choosing well-being over my son who will sometimes choose, let's say, tantrum, you know, like with all things being equal. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's what I'm trying to model for my kids that you just choose that this is fine and we're fine. And yeah, no, I, I, I love what you're, what you're um, talking about, Elisa. Uh, uh, and, um, I love what you're already seeing in kind of this, what I would call the self-correcting mechanism within all of us as you articulating it and you're, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're already exploring and wondering. And as you talk it out, there's some, there's some clarity and there's some, uh, you're seeing something is what it sounds like. Is, is that true? Yeah. And also, um, I've spent a year or so of what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And, and I like how you worded it of, you know, just the simpler, what interests you. Hmm. Um, and that's another thing. I, I found something that interested me and I've been diving deep into it, you know, during this time. Um, and then finding other people who are interested in the same thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's really physical touch is missing. Right. But, um, I'm trying to just make my days vary cause I, I like to be social. So I'm just meeting new people as, you know, often mm -hmm. as I can. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I, I'm finding myself curious, like what is your son interested in? Oh, I might not be judged as the best parent in the world, but <laughs> on day one, I bought him an Xbox. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. So like he's, like he's really interested in that, right? Well, what he was no. interested in was having something in common with friends. Yeah, yeah. So, so he, he, wasn't, he never wanted one before, so it wasn't an issue. Mm -hmm. But then when he said, you know, I, I didn't really want this, but all my friends are doing it. I was like, let's do it today before they run out of them in the stores. Cause uh -huh. you no. Know, and, and uh, I know, I know they ran out of switches, I think was the other thing. So yeah. Yeah. So we got lucky to get him, you know, the things and, and, yeah. and I was using it as an example to say he threw a tantrum because he's not, he's, he's doing well with the, me just, you know, I'm not doing the rule of, of how many hours you're behind your 
computer or whatever, you know? Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. He's well, doing what he wants to make himself happy, what interests he has. Because my yeah. whole thing is, and then I have a daughter, I just want all three of us to be okay mentally, to not yeah. go into depressions or, or yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, well, you know, what's, 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 really, what's, what's really cool is that if you can, you know, if, if we kind of rewind the call a little bit and you can see the diversity of thought in your household, you know, like, like everybody's got diversity of thought and then, right. it, and then it, and then, and then it um, expresses itself in its own way. And I like what you said about, you know, I totally stood in his shoes. Mm -hmm. um and looked at it i stood you know that you said something about standing um what uh, um and and i could totally get on board with his point of view is for him to have his sanity it would be having doing what his friends are doing and yeah yeah and and so i just put these things in his room Mm -hmm. called a tv and an xbox that i never he's 17 i never ever would have done that right, and right. didn't even put restrictions and he's kept his sanity you know yeah yeah well that's that's really cool and um you know what what i'm what i'm hearing is that the two of you share a lot in common you know is that you're really looking to connect with people and and so is he you know he's yeah. wanting to stay connected with his buddies so it's like, oh, you you guys share that in common, and then how you go about it is unique to you guys. You know? So you could, I could relate because of that, I guess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Daughter, she's it's a little harder. She because she doesn't, you know, we, we moved here, so she doesn't yet have the people to stay in contact yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, are you know, like you know what's what's true for all human beings is all human beings do well with connection. That's oh, yeah. True. That's what's true. That's what's true. And um, it, they don't need a lot of connection. They just need connection. And so um, that kind of comes back to being, just learning to be with each other. So it, it, it sounds like you're doing a great job of trying to What do you them. mean by, by learning how to be with each other? Yeah. That's a that's a really great question. <laughs> what is what do, what do you think I mean? What do you well, think? Well, I can get to? in depth in ont ontology the ontological you know thing of being. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't think you we meant that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll just kind of say it really really simply is that when i've got a lot of thinking going on when i'm with other people it I, there's um it's really obvious that i'm not as close to them as i could be okay so staying out of that danger zone in your head that's see see when people any person has a lot of thinking on the system extraneous thought contaminated thought, mulling over critical thinking, judgment, what, any type of extraneous thought interferes with people's ability to fully be, okay, to be present, all right? So 
you know, one of the things that that I'm seeing is that when I just listen, kind of like what you were already kind of on to is when you get off of a position and you just try to understand another person's view or what's going on for another person, as strange as it may seem, but if you just try to get some understanding around it, see our willingness to understand and our willingness to be interested in others creates a nice relationship. God, I get something every time I listen to you. So helpful. Oh, good, good, good. good. Well, I'm really glad that you're here and thank you for participating and and I'm, I'm glad that you're here. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey, Greg. Hey, Greg. Hey, Lisa, every, and Elisa and Ashley. Uh, thank you for sharing you guys. Um, so, yeah, I love the question of what are you interested in? Because it's, it's, it's that playful, curious, heartfelt exploration energy, which I love. And it's a great question. So for me, the answer to that one is right now what's really present is I'm super interested in universal principles. And I'm super curious as to how more people become conscious of and start living aligned with certain principles that it could be, um, critical for our evolution at this point. That's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So what's, what's uh, one principle that's alive for you that you feel like you're stalking, so to speak? What is a single universal principle that has your interest? Right at the moment, uh, I started off the year with the principle of, I guess, non-duality of nothing is right, nothing is wrong, everything is perfect. Uh, that that's still I'm st- I'm still tracking that one. That's a primary that I'm that I'm committed to that this whole year. Um, but right now, what's needed is because um, it's what I'm up against is. Um, it's kind of what what. Alisa was talking about with understanding her son uh, or p- putting herself in the other person's shoes. I'm up against meeting with Marina's ex, Jasmine's father. And I want to try to understand his perspective, um, but I'm finding myself falling into like an just knowing how he predicting how he's going to behave based on what Marina's told me about him and how he's shown up every time I've seen him and for things to work out, it seems like he's got to have some sort of enlightened experience and I just don't see it happening. So I'm, yeah, I'm up against having a conversation with her daughter's father and he's a polar opposite in many, many ways of how I think Okay, got it, got it. Well, I love that you're looking for universal principles. So I, I love that. Now, if, if we were to look at universal, and we were to define that, how would you define universal? What, is, what would be the definition of that universal? 
in this context, the universal principle would be something that's an immutable law. It's eternal. There's no exception. Yeah. It's, it's a fundamental natural law like gravity or leverage. Yeah. Yeah. One, the one day, good. Good. One so stay, stay there. Stay there. Okay. So that's, it's universal. It's fundamental to all everything. Okay. All right. This is beautiful. Beautiful. So now, what is universally true about you and him? We both care like about all human, all human beings. You no, know, all human beings. And, and what I'm pointing, see, universal, if, if you look at universal, it's impersonal in nature, Greg. Okay? It's impersonal. So you can't start looking at what you share in common tit for tat in the world of form. You're, all, you're, you're no longer in a universal principle. Okay? You're in the world of concepts or ideas. Okay? All right. So what you want to do, you want to look underneath all human beings. What do all human beings have in common? And then since he's a human being, he would have that in common with you too. All right. Now, when people look in that direction, something happens for them. Okay. Something happens. All right. Now I know that you're a, a, a practicing yogi at, at, at some level and that there's this um, uh, gesture that's often shared called namaste what is that what is what is that i bow to the the light inside you it's is reflected inside me or something like that yeah, yeah now in your mind is is what you're honoring and bowing to would would you call that a universal principle in your mind in your from your point of view would that be a universal principle that you're honoring that for me to acknowledge that principle yes but not, not not the gesture but what you're acknowledging or what it you know what you're what you're honoring, not the fact that you're honoring, but what you're honoring, would that be a universal principle? Is that within all human beings is the question on the table? Or is it just in some people and then other people just got the short stick type of thing? Because that would be universal. It's in, it's in everyone. Well, I, uh... Are you following me? No, I'm a little bit, I think I might be a little confused about the namaste metaphor. Okay, okay, so let's go back. Namaste, what, what is that gesture? What is, what, what is that? What, what, is, what are you acknowledging? What are you honoring? What is that? It's, uh, it's a gesture of saying that I see divinity in you. Yeah. Is divinity a universal principle within all human beings? Yes. Beautiful. That's all. That, so that's where we're at right there. Okay, I got that. Okay, okay. So stay there and see, that's all you would need. That's all that's required. 
But what happens is most people won't stay with simplicity and won't stay with truth is they want to, they'll complicate it. Okay. And you know how they complicate it because they start getting into their head. Now, if you could stay looking towards the, and the both of you share in common is a divine essence or energy. Okay. Like you look through his bullshit, you look through the stories that you've been told about him, and all you see is namaste, his divinity. Okay? You'd have a remarkably different outcome without ever even knowing what you're going to say. That's a universal principle. And the thing is, you can't figure out a universal principle. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have any logic. There's no how-to. How do you honor somebody's divinity? Well, you'd have to look for it. Okay? Remember what I said about being skeptical? Be skeptical of his history. Be skeptical of your thinking of him. Be skeptical of all of that. But don't be skeptical of his divinity. See, that's what people do is we're, we're skeptical of the wrong things instead of looking for the deeper truth within all human beings. That's a universal principle. It's within everyone. Now, I'm not saying his behaviors are good. I'm not justifying his actions. I'm not saying any of those things. But when you look towards a person's divinity, everything makes sense. You go, oh, this guy, see, this, this is true for me. Like, this understanding is so helpful because I go, oh, that person's just behaving consistent with their insecure thought on the moment, and they have no idea, okay? And now the only reason somebody would be worked up and up against something is why? Because somebody's taken their insecure thoughts too serious. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay? Like, and for you, for, for you, for a person, it doesn't look like they have any insecure thoughts. It really looks like the other person is a bad person. I love that you're interested in universal thought. I mean, universal principles. I love that. Don't deviate from that. Stay with that. It'll take you all the way to the finish line. I love that you're interested in universal principles. Principles point to something that you can't conceptualize. You can't figure out their own... They're, they're pointers, pointers. Non-duality is pointing to something. Don't get hung up in the pointer. Get really curious and stay very interested in what it's pointing to. That's the biggest mistake people make is they get tripped up on the, on the signpost rather than follow where the, the, the post is pointing to.
I don't know if that was helpful or it's confused you. It's hard for me to see you and read you because it's so dark there. So I don't, I don't I have no idea what's going on over there in that darkness. Okay, hold on. It's on. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, I can't, can't see you very well, but I can hear you. Does that help? Is this better? No. Um, it's about the same. So how, what, what insights or what's, what are you hearing and seeing? in all of this, Greg, what are you, what are you hearing and what are you seeing for yourself? Um, so I'm very, I notice when I'm seeing it, I'm noticing I am very skeptical. Okay. Like I'm, I'm, um, I'm running all of the thoughts and share, uh, shares and ideas that, that you've had tonight. And we're talking in the discussions and I'm running against my database of theories and, and, um, principles. Yeah. And I'm curious to seeing which ones hold truth. And I'm and it, what one thing I can tell you is I'm I'm more curious now than I was at the beginning of the call. And I'm oh, I'm I'm following pointers and I'm looking and I'm looking at them. I don't have the answer to how I'm going to show up with this conversation. Um, at fully, it's not a full body yes that I know exactly, but it's helpful. Yeah. It's, helpful to me to have that as a as a as a north star is to remember that there's divinity that i'm looking and speaking to divinity yeah yeah that's great well and i love i love what marina uh is it marina 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 Marina, yeah i love what she said like she's learning learning and all of us are learning how to live with uncertainty right now and what that means is we don't know all right that's the beauty that's the gift the world is being given right now is that we've always lived in a world of uncertainty we've just been fooling ourselves like we know what's going on we've never known we've been living in the great illusion of knowing uncertainty and now what we're faced with is the truth that we're only living life is always uncertain Okay, so the fact that see this is what this would be really helpful, like being able to go into meetings or trainings and just showing up and saying, "Hey, I don't know, but my heart is there, and all I have to do is understand and be interested in in universal principles, and they do all the work see when when we understand and learn universal principles we we can relax, Greg. Because the universal principles does all the work, not me having to figure it out. That's the beauty of this. Yeah, I have to. So, so I guess the principle that's going to be most helpful for me right now, besides the loving and, and focusing on the divinity, is um, procession. The the the, pr the principle of procession. And that, I, don't know what that, I don't know what that means. What is the principle of procession? Um, it's at the very end of my book. It's, it's uh, something that Marshall taught me, that Bucky taught Marshall. It's actually one of Bucky's principles, Buckminster okay. Fuller. Okay. And it's the, uh, the, meta, the, the, the simple metaphor is, as a bumblebee leaves his nest to go after the goal of what do I want? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm familiar with that. Yeah. And he's going towards the goal of I'm going to the flower to get the, the nectar. Yeah. yeah. That puts in motion this principle. Gotcha. 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 Okay. Yeah. 
And that's what's true is that so, so that universal principle is we show up and we have no idea what the greater purpose is. That's that principle that you're referring to. We show up fully understanding that this principle of procession is always happening at 90 degree of whatever I'm, whatever's in front of me. That's, that points to the fact that there's something greater going on. There's something greater going on. That's that law of procession. Again, all principles point to something universal, something greater than, okay? And, and that law, that principle points to, it's an illusion that the direction we're going, and Bucky referred to honeybees, thinks their primary purpose is to make honey, and their greater purpose is always at 90 degree of their intention. That's what Bucky was pointing to. And he paralleled that to the human being saying that human beings are fucking money bees going out and chasing money and have no idea that their greater purpose is at 90 degrees of that. That's, that's all he was talking about. And so that 90 degrees is just willing to be an okay with being uncertain what my greater principle is, greater purpose is. See, many of my mentors, they said, you won't know your purpose until afterwards. People have it asked backwards. They think they want to know their purpose before they, 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 they take a step. You won't know your purpose until afterwards, and your principle is perfect evidence of that. Bucky's principle is perfect evidence of that. Well, I really have, have uh, loved this conversation that, that we're in and um, very rich. So thank you guys. Um, I'm happy to continue what we're, what we're talking about. Um, or if you're interested in talking about well-being, we can throw that on the table. I would love to hear the story, the Buckminster Fuller honeybee. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Well, um, my understanding is, you know, Bucky was, um, he was a master observer of nature and life. And he coined this principle, um, what, what is it called, Greg? The precision, uh, procession, procession principle? Uh, the law of procession. Law of procession. Yeah. And, and so what he observed was um, honeybees, they uh, wake up every morning and they, uh, you know, shake their, little, shake their little rears and have their cup of coffee and they head out to work. And uh, they think that their primary job is to go out and get nectar, bring it back and make honey. They, if you ask, if you sat a bee down and you asked them, what's your, what's your gig? What do you do? Uh, the bee would say, uh, I make honey. That's what I do. That's my purpose. That's my mission. That's what I would do if you were in to interview a, a honeybee. And, uh, and, and Bucky said that the honeybee is clueless, really, to its greater purpose. It has no idea. It thinks its purpose is to go make honey, but it has a much greater purpose. And that greater purpose is called pollination or cross-pollination. And that's occurring at 90% of what the bees think its purpose is. So the bees, 90, fly, 
90 degrees. Yeah, 90 degrees. So the, 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 the bees flying in to get uh, nectar and go back and throw it up and make honey. And it's stingers hanging at 90 degrees of its intention, which is what drags pollen. The pollen is dragged on the, to the stinger. And then it goes and it flies into another, gets some nectar in another. And so the stinger's doing all the work, but the, the honey, the bee thinks its job is to make honey. It has no idea that its greater purpose is to pollinate, and that's always occurring at 90 degrees of its original intention. I don't that's, get the 90 degrees. The 90 degrees, so, so imagine the head of a bee flying in, going to sucking up nectar. And 90 degrees would be like a like a uh, a wall, a straight edge. Its its uh, its stinger would be hanging down at 90 degrees. Oh, got it. Okay, all right. And and so as it goes in, its stinger collects all the pollen, runs off, and goes to into another uh, uh, flower, does its thing. And so its greater purpose is um, this beautiful intelligence of the universe playing out its dance and its purpose called the uh, law of procession. Okay. And I can, I, I can give a little more uh, clarity on that if it might be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Go for it. Oh, before you, before you do. And then, and then Elisa, he likened human beings to, uh, to that. So that was his metaphors. Human beings think that their uh, primary purpose is to get up and go, um, make something happen, go make money. He likened them to money bees. And he suggested that human beings are much like the honeybees, that their greater purpose is at 90% of what their, uh, 90 degrees of where their intention lies. So Greg, you want to add to that? Yeah. So there's a couple of principles to the, the 90 degrees. Number one, is it's a it's in direction it's it's in comparison to the direction of the goal the higher purpose is at 90 degrees of that so um for example if you drop a water a, a, a pebble into a water the impact of going straight down is straight out so there's always this this angular 90 degree angle to this uh this higher purpose this uh, unpredictable gift and he said by definition, it was unpredictable. You, like like Greg was saying, you can't expect what the, what the procession is until after it's already happened. But if you're so fixed on the goal, if you're so fixed at looking straight ahead, you'll never see the, the gift because the gift is out of the corner of your eye. You gotta look at 90 degrees. You gotta look to the right, you gotta look up, you gotta look down, you gotta look left. The, the, the processional gift is always more significant, always at 90 degrees, always unpredictable so you have to be open you have to open up your viewpoint to see it or else you'll miss the gift and it'll be there the whole time it's always happening it's immutable just like the poles of our planet we're spinning at 90 degrees we're going around the sun at 90 degrees we're spinning everything is uh, at 90 degrees always happening at 90 degrees it's a new universal principle mm -hmm. so knowing it gives me some faith that even though i don't understand how I know what the goal is. The goal is to get him on board so that we can have a family that's in harmony. Yeah, yeah. And I have no fucking idea how I'm going to do it. No fucking clue. Well, you do. I'm going to suggest you do. You, you, you know how. Like, if you're, 
like everybody knows, as soon as their mind settles down, as soon as they take all the pressure off of things, they'll, they'll know. Like you know in the moment. You won't know in advance. You'll just know in the moment, Greg. Now, to me, it really looks like um, all relationships are pretty easy. And that the only thing required is to maintain rapport and goodwill. That's it. Nicely said. I mean, what else could be more important or fundamental to creating a nice family than rapport and goodwill? But see, people would have to, they'd have to let go of stuff in order to do that. And a lot of people just aren't willing to get over themselves or let go of their positions or their ideas or their philosophies or their beliefs. It's like, it's like how, see, all a relationship, a good relationship is, is how good people and how, how resilient they are getting over themselves. That's it. And it only takes one person. That's the, the great misunderstanding is everybody has to be on the same page. It's not true. Only takes one person with a willingness and a commitment to maintain rapport and goodwill, focus on the divine essence of another and a commitment to getting over themselves. And getting over themselves is, is just understanding that they've innocently taken, uh, taken their insecure thoughts seriously that's what it means to get over oneself what it means to get over oneself is to see that i'm feeling insecure and i'm taking my insecure thoughts serious and every thought that's been taking uh insecure thoughts that's been taken serious manifests in a control drama that's it that's how it works no ifs ands or buts It's really simple, really simple. Thank you. Yeah, you know, the, the metaphor I often share in my workshops is that it's, it's the only, only thing required to be in good relations is to keep a log in the fire between me and another human being. You know, what I mean a log in the fire is that Nobody wants to stick around when it gets cold. You know, like if you're out camping and there's a, you're all around the fire, when the fire goes out, nobody wants to sit around that cold ring. Everybody wants to disperse and go their own ways and in their tents. But if you, metaphorically, if you keep a log in the fire, it keeps people close. It keeps communication going. It, it keep, creates a nice feeling. Now, I, keep, I see it really simply. To have nice relations with people, that's all that's required. And there's two things that are possible. You can either put a log in the fire or piss in the fire. Those are the only two options. That's it. And when people see that they're innocently pissing in the fire, 
making it cold between them and others innocently and getting smoke in people's eyes because they've pissed in the fire. When people see that, they go, oh, that didn't work out so well. And what if the other person pissed in the fire? Well, see, when you start to have understanding of, of these diverse, the diversity of thought, you start cutting people some slack because you realize they're just caught up in their insecure thought and they don't see it. But you're one step ahead of them now. It's kind of like the Xbox. You've just leveled up, but the people that you were playing with are still below you. <laughs> you just have more power now. You, have, you, you can see more. And that's the game of life. We just continue to level up in our understanding. And the higher the level, it doesn't matter who pisses in the fire because you realize that you're responsible, just as responsible and you can go put a nice log on the fire. And you, give the, and, you, and you offer up goodwill towards that other person. You give them the benefit of the doubt. You go, shit, they, they just, uh, that's, that looked like a good idea to them in the moment. <laughs> and that's all that's occurring. I mean, here's something really interesting. I, I, this last week, I was really curious about skepticism. Or not skepticism, no, I already thought sure. I was really curious about sarcasm. I'm like, what's with this sarcasm stuff? I just was really curious about that. And um and then I started to I really started to see, well, well, why would I be bothered if somebody's sarcastic and making comments that, you know, are derogatory towards me or anybody else? Why why should I care? Because I can see the fact that, oh my God, what's going on in that person's head that they, that makes sense to them. It's like, oh, well, person's doing the best they can with the thinking they got on their system. That's it. Why would I take it personal at that point? So what happens is that I just give, I start to, level up and give people a lot of room to just be themselves. And the funny thing is, the more people feel that they can just be themselves, they're just kinder and they stop pissing on the fire. Or not. You know, along, along those lines with the sarcasm, I also, I also had an insight that I saw sarcasm as endear, an, endearing, an, an endearing display of love, that that's all that person had available. Like, so I, saw, I saw sarcasm as an expression of love. It was really funny, and it's true. It's just, that's, that's, all, that's all they know how to relate to. They want to connect, and that's the best they can do is through sarcasm. Fascinating. Well, let's see. I don't want to keep you guys. Uh, I think we did a really nice uh, call here. And um, in all fairness to you guys, it's 830, and uh, I think I'll just uh, kind of put a bow on it here and, and maybe we could pick up next week and, and talk about the innate well-being or well-being if that's okay with you guys.
How does that sound? Yeah? Great, great. Well, thank you all uh, for being here. And um, I might put the recording up on the uh, Living uh, Truth page. So if you guys wanted to re-listen to it, you'd have it available there to uh, re-listen to the, the replay. So um, thanks for playing. And uh, I hope to see you guys uh, on one of these, uh, uh, other, another call here. All right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Good night. Bye. Good night.